0: It's really hard to like determine who's the MVP of that movie because everyone has a shining moment. That's why it's a team. Yeah, but fucking brilliant. I mean, it's all so good, but some—I just—I'll never get over the fact that Don Cheadle decided to have an English accent and come up with random slack
1: dude yeah like and what the works.
0: fuck and it works somehow how in the fuck <laughs> legend
1: uh, like he it was to the point like i didn't know don Chadle well enough at that point to know that yeah. he didn't have an english
0: accent that he wasn't our english <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh it's funny especially knowing who he is now yeah
1: wow it's fucking crazy
0: well hello and welcome to bromancing the stone it's the podcaster myself renee sanchez and my good buddy max lion what up watch Rob Cobbs, and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners with listening pleasure. And Max, how are you doing this fine night? I'm fantastic. Huzzah.
1: That's all I got. I got nothing. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm surviving. We got our first fucking snowfall. Yeah. First week of the new year. First first bit of 2022 yeah. And it snows.
0: It's though pretty damn good. Uh, and uh, it got cold real quick, too. So. Um, yeah. 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 Someone uh, put out a meme from for the 40 year old virgin. Uh, nice. People know this movie, they know this part. It's uh, Kevin Hart and the character Jay, played by Romany e. Malko, um, who's also black. They're uh, yelling at each other in the uh, um, in the electronics store, oh, yeah. and um, and it, 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 it's hard to explain this without being black. <laughs> like, what, "What? What? What? What's the what's the meme? Why is it?" But, so the meme, well, because um, someone because Kevin Hart is saying to Romany Malco who's an employee there, he's like, I don't want you to be an N word with a hard ER. I want you to be my N-word. Oh day yeah. The <laughs> uh the at the end. And then um, and then at the as like it, it digresses into an argument. And then the, the store says played by Romany Malco. He yells at him, he goes, You wanted an N-word? Well N word here now. Like and he says that. Uh, and so someone wrote or put a the picture of that scene on the internet and wrote as a meme, you want a winner? Well, winner here now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because uh, like, my God, of people,
1: that was a long ass way uh, around.
0: I know, but it was like, it was hard to like,
1: Jesus,
0: because it, it, I can't say the words. So I can't just... Re- and it's also an esoteric reference. But if you know, you know.
1: I, I feel like it's a it's a commentary on our generation right now in our early 30s. That the fact that your brain fucking thinks in memes. Yes. Like I'm talking to you and you, now you have to describe the meme image that came to your head. Because that's yes. how we communicate as a fucking species now.
0: I... Honestly, I like meme as a language. (laughs) I I really do think it's a fantastic language. Well, that's like
1: when, that's like when like gifts first came out or emojis. It was like,
0: it's the modern form of hieroglyphics. Really think about it. Gotta miss. Yeah, it's no, all digitized, all no, internet. I'm, yeah. And no, I'm not just saying that because I was hitting the weed pen as we were watching this movie. <laughs> I really believe that memes have become our modern hieroglyphics.
1: And and the internet is our cave wall. Yes.
0: A million percent yes. <laughs>
1: oh my god okay what the fuck all right that's how we that's how we start the new year yes
0: yeah, so this is how we start the new year is <laughs> we uh we watched a, a classic in our eyes a movie that we've seen many a time uh and a movie that we argue is a rom-com
1: oh it, we don't ocean's argue 11 it. oceans fucking 11
0: oceans 11 is it a comedy absolutely is it a, a heist film? Absolutely. Is it a romance?
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> example exhibit A. What is the first thing that's uttered, basically, as like the reasoning for everything going on?
1: Well, I don't think my <laughs> wife would leave me a second time. So
0: exactly utterance immediately about a lost love and immediately you're just like okay so this man's been hurt by Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. and in in some way he's going to find and he's going to rectify that hurt from love and in this case it's by winning her back
1: even even in the context of that first exchange of dialogue yeah the other admittance the other piece of information we get as an audience is the fact that he is involved in crime and they want to make sure he's not going to repeat it. So from the get-go, they go hand in hand. Yes. It's the, his two primary... It's his only two driving forces.
0: It's why he as a character exists. Yes. For love and for crime. Yes. And for stealing money. <laughs> so... I mean, who didn't
1: grow up thinking about you know, Robin trains in the wild, wild West. You know?
0: Exactly. Come exactly. Come on. Who among us? Huh? <laughs> Who among us? Um, so, uh, before we go further, I just like, if anyone wanted to argue against what we think, we just wanted to immediately tell you you're wrong. Yeah. We will continually tell you you're wrong throughout yeah. as we continue to provide it's modified as a romance, but, That's the main, the main very beginning. We've already, we've already proven your argument. You're done. You're done. (laughs) Correct. If you're trying to argue against
1: this. You're wrong. Just stop. Just stop before you start.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know, you Um, gotta,
1: you gotta crawl before you walk or you gotta walk before you crawl.
0: (laughs) You gotta walk before you crawl. (laughs) Reverse that. Um, So, uh, Ocean's 11 is a 2001 American heist. It's not on here, but I'm adding it on here. Romantic comedy film. Absolutely. (laughs) Directed by Steven Soderbergh and written by Ted Griffin. The first installment of the Oceans franchise, it is a remake of the 1960 Rat Pack film of the same name. Oceans 11 features an ensemble cast, including George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Andy Garcia, Bernie Mac, and Julia Roberts. The story follows friends Danny Ocean and Rusty Ryan, uh, played by Clooney and Pitt, respectively, uh, who played a heist of $160 billion from casino owner Terry Benedict, played by Garcia, who is the lover of Ocean's ex-wife, Tess, played by Julia Roberts.
1: Uh, the Tangled
0: Webs. Uh, the Tangled Webs We Weave. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the movie is... It was released... December 7th of 2001. So, this is a post-9-11 movie. Okay. Um, I always like to think of a movie, like, in the basis of pre- or post-9-11, are there some sort of effects either way?
1: I mean, it's definitely worth yeah. keeping in mind when looking back on them.
0: Yeah. Um, the movie... It says the running time is 117 minutes, but we were watching it and it's, it was saying an hour 52. So, and that was before credits. So that, hmm. it's really, so I think that's pretty incorrect. It's actually like about 90 minutes. Hmm. The, or not 90 minutes, sorry. Uh, about 100 minutes, I would say. 100 to 105. Yeah. 107
1: is what it said? 117. 17?
0: yeah jesus yeah i I don't know where they get that. the budget for this film how much do you think they spent to make this film?
1: Probably quite a fucking lot <laughs> uh I'm gonna say seventy million
0: not a bad guess, yeah. 85 million dollars. Damn. Like, Jesus. That is is—that is
1: most than like... That's more money than like 40% of the movies we reviewed even make.
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, because think about the actors that they attracted for this film and how much they cost.
1: Oh, yeah. A total ensemble cast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then on top of that, the Bellagio had just opened.
1: Oh, true.
0: It, it had recently opened at that moment. So they're, like, using it in that facility for, like, the first time. So, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, a, in conjunction with the thing and so on and so forth, but I'm still sure it costs a shit ton of money to if it even film there. And on true. top of just filming in Vegas in general. Yeah. And then putting everyone up in Vegas. Yeah. And then... All the other shit that you do in the And then, yeah, and then on top of that, just all the other shit. Of course, I mean, they spent 85 minutes. I, I million. mean,
1: yeah, they had very lavish sets and attention to detail. Yeah. Everything was brightly colored and flamboyant and everything was supposed to look ritzy. So,
0: yep.
1: I mean, so, fucking Ruben's house alone was probably half ugh. the budget.
0: Yeah so along with that how much did it make in the box office
1: all right so 85 million spent well then it must have made a shit ton if three more two more were made after this
0: technically three technically three
1: yeah oceans eight i still Uh, haven't seen that one it's not honestly it's not really uh, it's not that good it's kind of boring it's, it's, they got, they pulled an oceans 12 where it's just kind of like blackluster. It doesn't have the got same it. oomph. Got it. Um, I'm going to say like 250 million. Well, you are off.
0: Way too high. No. Really? The movie made $450.7 million dollars.
1: My God.
0: Um, upon release, the film was a success at the box office. It was. You don't fucking say. You want to hear something stupid? You ready? You ready? You ready? Absolutely. It was the fifth highest grossing film of 2001. What? Remember how much films used to make?
1: Holy fuck.
0: And it, remember how much, like, it was every film was making? Oh, my God. Yeah, right before, or, like, right on, this is right on the cusp of, like, the Spider-Man films and, like, like comic yeah. books, like, really taking over in the, like, 2000s. Like, by the time, because, like, X-Men films are starting to come out. And like right. around this time and things like Fantastic that.
1: Fantastic four. Like even the shitty. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Even the shitty ones were still starting. Yeah. like
0: So like, out. and so, you know, like we're at the moment where oh films are making that much money. Isn't absurd.
1: Fifth worldwide. highest of that year. Yeah.
0: 450.
1: At 450 million fucking dollars.
0: The what original. the hell was a puppet? Are you ready? Because I got the list. Let's hear it. Did you look it up? No. Okay. Uh, would you like to guess? I'm scared to now. <laughs> well, number four at 487.8 million. So not too much, but okay. still a fair okay. amount. Okay. Shrek. No
1: shit. I forgot.
0: (laughs) Number three at five hundred and twenty eight point seven million. Wow. Monsters Inc. Really? Two animated movies. Dog. Of course. Number two at eight hundred and eighty three point seven million. Made by, Distributed by New Line. I did not know New Line had the rights to that. No wonder New Line existed for so long and made so many other cheaper films because this one basically paid for everything. But $883.7 million. Number two, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. But number one. At 974.7 million. Dear God. A billion. What, was, what was more than that? Also another Warner Brothers jam. Like Oceans Eleven. Oceans Eleven is also Warner Brothers. So they made one point they wow. basically made 1.5 billion on these two films. Yeah, they
1: fucking did.
0: Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.
1: Oh my god. Yep.
0: That'll do it. That'll do yeah. it uh we have it's a whole top 10 so if you want to know the rest of the top 10 number 6 was pearl harbor disney oh, film
1: yeah.
0: uh 449.2 million uh number 7 the mummy returns at 433 million uh number 8 jurassic park 3 at 368.7 million holy fuck jurassic park 3 was in
1: 2001
0: yeah wow uh this is upsetting Number nine, Planet of the Apes, made 362.2 million. I did not know it was that successful. Wow. No wonder Mark Wahlberg got so many other films after that film. Wow. Well, and,
1: and Planet of the Apes had like 15 fucking spin-offs after that, remember? Yeah.
0: And then number ten uh is Hannibal at 351.6 million. So, Cannibal, Jesus. But we're here talking about Ocean's Eleven, the rom com Ocean's Eleven. It has 182 critic reviews. 182. What, what is the Rotten Tomato score for this film?
1: I'm thinking generally good at 80%.
0: The audience score of 250,000 plus ratings is at 80%. The critic score is at 83%.
1: Nice! We got a critic score
0: that's higher than the crowd. Yeah. Uh, It's certified fresh. uh, And the the, uh, critics' consensus is as fast-paced, witty, and entertaining as it is star-studded and coolly stylish. Ocean's Eleven offers a well-seasoned serving of popcorn entertainment.
1: Yeah, it definitely had a different feel to it back then. Those types of movies were actually—I don't know—those were the movies that, like, I got jacked to go see in theater. Like, I was severely looking forward to those types of movies. I miss those days, man.
0: Along those lines, uh, and. Uh, this came out December 19th of 2021, this uh, review, by Sarah Mars of Lainey Gossip. Mm-hmm. Just some random online outfit, but I like it enough to where uh, I'm going to read it. It's, sort of, it's a fresh reading, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but they wrote, 20 years on, Ocean's Eleven has become a time capsule, capturing not only the moment between Las Vegas's split identities, but also the last go round of the movie star era. Mm. So you're talking about going to the film, going to the movies, and watching a big film like this, and being excited about it and everything. Like the movie star carrying the film, the vehicle. Like yeah. it was just, it was like, hey, remember that film from the like 1960, and it was Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack, and they all just like did a caper film in Vegas. Yeah. And everyone was just like, huh? That happened? Like, I didn't really watch that. Like, yeah, I know. It's kind of esoteric. But it was really cool looking. We're going to do it again, but with movie stars from now. That seems like it. It seems like it shouldn't work, but it depends. What stars are you thinking? It it, it feels like.
1: They they pulled a fucking Valentine's Day and New Year's (laughs) Eve.
0: No, what they did is they pulled a version of this caper in the film as a movie. (laughs) It's <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna need an elephant's Gerald. Like, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> so they're just like we're gonna need a George Clooney, a Brad Pitt, a Matt Damon. we're gonna need an Elliot Gold and a Kyle Carl Ryder on top of a Don Chadle and a Bernie Mac. So we're gonna need not only one but two black guys in this one. It's it's just like, it's just like Not biggest, to
1: mention the biggest Julia Roberts you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, a fucking, and an Andy Garcia who's just overacting out of the fucking screen. <laughs> Walks yeah. around like a toy soldier with yeah. big biceps. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah. I, I really feel like that's how they kind of came... that they went around with this <laughs> film. And that's... And it's something that's not done now because, honestly movie stars have been replaced by social media stars like yeah tiktok stars and youtube stars and so on and so forth Yeah, it is what it is uh steven silver of tilt magazine wrote on december 15th of 2021 in a fresh rating for 4.5 out of 5. it's a compulsively rewatchable funny exciting and altogether fun movie one of the best of director steven soderbergh's career
1: I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Are you tapping something on your end? No. Is it me? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just it sounded like something was ta- like someone was tapping something on. I don't know. And It's no longer tapping, so we're okay. Um. I I don't get that reference, so we're not going to read that one. (laughs) Uh, Is there a bad one? (laughs) The first bad review is from Joe Lozito of Big Picture, Big Sound from July 14th of 2007. Gave it a two out of four. And the blurb that they have from him is, whatever you do, don't pay attention. What, Joe? Come on. I don't know, Joe. What are you talking about? Huh? Don't pay attention. Um, you have to pay attention. Mark Palermo of the Coast in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh boy, back in September of 2002, which I guess that's how long it took to get that film over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were <laughs> he wrote a negative review. Writing Ocean's Eleven for six moral complexity and simple heist movie excitement. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Nah, okay. I disagree. I disagree, sir. Huh?
1: These reviews, man.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, well, I'm just trying to find, like, negative ones because they're funny. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey Overstreet of Looking Closer gave it a C plus, So, technically a negative review. But uh, they wrote, I'm left feeling like I went to the All-Star game and only got to see them shoot free throws. What? What the fuck were you expecting? Well... I guess he was expecting more perform more of their performances than I you know i I think that that is a matter of expectations there like there's only so much time that can be provided
1: right. there's a lot of group settings too. It's not like it's not yeah. like Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve where you're isolated to one or two people at a time. There's a shit ton of group scenes. What's he talking about? Get out of
0: here. (laughs) The way that you said there's a shit to the group scenes made it seem like you're referencing like porn. (laughs) (laughs) Shit to the group scenes. A bunch of group scenes in this. Uh, Thomas the Lapa of the Boulder Weekly wrote, When all the cards have been turned over, nothing seems to be at stake in this movie. And it has the feel of a put-on, which in turn put me off. Oh, like the
1: the stakes weren't high enough sort of thing, so it wasn't his... He
0: he didn't believe in the romance. See? Mm. He Mm. didn't believe in the romance Mm. between Tess and Daniel. See, that's a constructive critique. And that's where we can construct from. We'll go one more. Uh, This is Jeff Andrew uh, of Time Out, considered a top critic, from February 11th of uh, 2006. Um, this wholly enjoyable entertainment. See, wholly enjoyable entertainment. Okay, uh, sees Soderbergh <laughs> setting himself a new challenge: that the high tech robbery procedural, and relishing the cliches, even as he freshens them with a dab of polish, wit, pace, and a light touch of irony. That Ooh. light touch of irony is the big one. Uh, okay. But he basically was saying that he takes the procedural of like a heist movie and Soderbergh just makes it shine a little bit more and then adds a little bit of humor to it, and that's Ocean's Eleven. And honestly, that's what this movie is. It's movie stars being movie stars, and it's Soderbergh taking the things that you know and love about a heist film and then just tweaking them a little bit, shining them up a little bit. Like the little shining the little... them up for, for
1: sure. We talked about that in the budget. Yeah. Like everything yeah. is literally shined up.
0: Yeah. And then on also what I love is the fucking, just the little jokes. Like um, when there's a joke where they're showing the security guards, like talking side talking while they're like showing a shot of like the screen. Yeah. And you can over One of them say to the other, obsequious is a word. <laughs> like just random shit like that. It's just like that's a total like you can hear that argument anywhere. Like you know that argument. You've heard. You've overheard that argument anywhere And so it's just like or, or Saul
1: <laughs> saying Tess is with Benedict
0: now. He's too tall for she's, him. Yeah, she's too tall for him. Say that at the end of the scene, and when it's like he's Danny, out of frame, he's just in the when background. He's out of frame, and Danny's the one who's having to be serious on screen. Just little things like that. It's just that's what Soderbergh and this cast bring, and so and so another one of those tweaks that Soderbergh and the writer Ted Griffin bring is the romance factor of it, because they don't just have oh, and he gets the girl at the end. They actually yeah. put a little effort into it. The scene at the dinner table and the, oh, the looks that yeah. they give each other—they don't have a—they don't have a lot of time. That is one thing we will grant you when arguing against this as a rom com. There's not a lot of time devoted to the romance because there's not a lot of time that can be devoted to the romance. There's a heist happening.
1: Sure. <laughs> the, shit going down.
0: Yeah, shit is indeed going down, but. You don't fucking need same,
1: it. You don't need the time. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, you know, we're also looking at fucking just like we gave you a seed, that seed should be enough to suffice like as I was saying jokingly to you, he um, George Clooney the way his like face would tremble when he would like hear things that Tess was saying to him from that first encounter that they have at the Dinner table. Dude,
1: the the amount of looks and expressions they shoot back to each other. Yes. You don't. The most you want an example of like a succinct, compact, neatly diced up, perfect script. Those scenes. they yeah. There's there's scenes in there where they say five words to each other, and you are suddenly aware of fifteen different emotions exchanged, all these extra thoughts, the subtext, all this shit. Like that dinner scene.
0: And you know, that goes in line with what Rusty was telling uh Matt Damon's character, I forget what his name is. Uh Linus. Linus, that's right. When uh, one of the things he was saying he was like, Don't use seven words when you can use four. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when he's, and like and so that's I feel like that was that's Danny. Whenever he's like in a vulnerable position like that, like at some point you kind of revert to what, you know, what you've practiced, what you've mastered. That's a good point. And so when he's in this vulnerable position where he can't, like he can't apologize enough and he wants her back. And he doesn't know how to get her. This is one of those things that he doesn't know how to steal back. He doesn't know how to steal back a person that he needs and loves. God damn. That's a good take. And so he's just like, so he's going back to this, you know, trying to say things in four words that he, you know, instead of using seven and so he's short and to the point and just hoping that she kind of convinces herself that he's worth the chance.
1: Right. God damn. And well, shit. Well, shit. See, you do have a romance.
0: Yes, and then and on top of all of that, he basically not only creates a scheme to steal 160 million dollars from a dude who's banging his ex-wife at the time, but he also uses that same exact scheme to prove his love to said wife ex-wife so that she would join him again in holy matrimony.
1: That is the most impressive planning job. How could you not root for a protagonist like that?
0: Now, is any of this feasible? Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. No way in hell does this ever happen. Which is why it's a rom-com. Exactly. (laughs) Talk to me about Princess Bride. Talk to me about all seven games of the nba finals being played in new york for some reason <laughs> i'm gonna meet a guy in 10 days talk to me about all the stupid unrealistic shit that happens in Rob coms and then talk to me about this film Un- like things that are unrealistic that is where rom-com lives that's why this is a Rob com
1: oh my god <laughs> it's fantastic it's great rom
0: so you've seen this film many many times Lots. What? Oh my god! What? Uh, what? What mind? What mind beams flowed through your head this time? <laughs> um. What
1: mind beams? I was focusing on the fucking directing. Like, once you pointed that out, I was looking at that. I mean, I have have no directorial eye to begin with. But even I was picking up on shit that I, after hundreds of fucking times watching this movie, I had never picked up on before. Subtle shit. Just on top of that succinct, crisp, cleanly cut script we were talking about. And four words, or don't say seven words, and four words will do. To go along with that, we get so much, like, subtle shit happening on screen just without dialogue. Like, for example, that scene where Ruben is talking to the mirror. I pointed that out to you, remember? Like, he's talking to the mirror, rehearsing. Uh, Sal? What did I say? Ruben? Ruben. Whatever. <laughs> as as yeah, I, I did said it too. <laughs> during the
0: film, I was like, "Good job, Ruben." I mean, Sal or other indescript Jewish name. <laughs> so, yeah, Sal's looking in,
1: into the mirror and he's like getting suited up in his his suit for the first time, and he's about to practice in the mirror. And weeks, the camera goes on to him, and all we see is lighting on his face, and it's subtle, but it's literally like. Vertically split in half. Shadow on one side, perfectly, and light on the other. Right as he's rehearsing, going into character to be an alternate person, an alternate identity. I don't know if that's on purpose or not, but if it is, it goes along with other subtle shit like that that are just like it was so cool to notice really background stuff that was outside of the dialogue, outside of these. Even some of these heavy-hitting acting performances.
0: And then something else I noticed this time is that whenever we see him, we think he's practicing his Russian character. Mm -hmm. We think he's practicing how to be Russian and how to be... Lyman Zerga. (laughs) You know, and just like, and how to do everything that needs to be done and so on and so forth. But what you don't realize is you also see him constantly fretting about things and constantly taking these pills and constantly, like, you know, like doing this ulcer thing and, like, all that other sort of shit. So that... He drops and he has a heart attack. And that takes away all the attention when they switch the monitors. And it's a huge, important part. And this was the first time watching this film where I realized, oh, that's what he was rehearsing the whole time, is how to cause himself to have a heart attack and for it to be believable. Ooh. And it wasn't Lyman Zerga. Lyman Zerga just had to be a, a portion of it, but it was really how do I exhibit signs of having a heart attack without actually having a heart attack?
1: Huh? The fucking layers, but
0: wasn't he layers, man?
1: Wasn't he, he had indigestion before he put on the character, didn't he? That's why he was at the dog track. Well, that was the joke.
0: He had ulcers.
1: So he was just carrying it over into character and amplifying it in order to, Wow, that's fucking Wow. That's commitment to a fucking role.
0: See, that's yeah. Oh no. Oh, Once damn. again, I was hitting the pen while I was watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it's you I
1: think that's what helped this time was being a little buzzed for it and like Yeah knowing that I didn't need to pay attention to the surface level elements of the movie anymore that I kind of knew them by heart. So now it gave me the chance to kind of tune into the background of shit. Like there's so many scenes set up perfectly where people's faces are framed perfectly, which I I feel like is probably, you know, directing one-on-one, but
0: yeah, it's just, it's incredible how they did that on purpose. It's just shut up. <laughs> My point is is that it's just it's a great attention
1: to detail and that's not something mm-hmm. you get in a lot of rom-coms to begin with let alone a lot of movies. Yeah.
0: But you know along the same lines of like our favorite rom-coms our favorite rom-coms are our favorite rom-coms because of the attention to detail and effort and the choices that are made. Um, yes. And the acting in the acting classes I've taken in my life, um, there's always a talk about making strong choices, making distinct choices, you know, like making the types of choices that are obvious, you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. Um, Like strong, just so on and so forth. So along with all of like, you know, like one of those uh, reviews that we had, talked about how there were there wasn't enough uh time with any with the the actors they wanted more time with the actors so on and so forth yeah. I personally think the actors with the time that they had did so much cuz each and every one of them like they got the best of the best you, to act in this film and yeah, each and every one of them totally. made strong Distinct choices that all because they were so uh, such odd choices too. It fucking it was funny as hell. It was just like like look at
1: look at Tessa's choice, the choice that she makes at the end. She makes it like that on a fucking dime. The moment she sees in the camera that Andy uh, uh, Andy Garcia's character, what's his name, Benedict
0: Terry Benedict
1: Terry Benedict. I was gonna call him Andy Benedict. the moment he's kind of like betrayed her quote unquote and, and everything she's like out the door instantly. She immediately has
0: made a decision. That's not what I meant at all. Oh, um, it was, I met like Bernie Mac and like having bronchitis and needing to go to the Nevada <laughs> or whatever. I met Dodd Chadle having a British accent, which we talked about in the cold open Having a oh, British yeah. accent and and like and decided that he was going to have a British accent and he was going to talk about he was going to talk in this odd slang. It's more of the choices that Brad Pitt's making, eating in every scene, oh, yeah. uh, like you know, um, and like how that continues on in the sequels, like in Ocean's Thirteen when they have the whole gag about the nose plays. The nose does play. The nose plays, man. The nose plays. Like little things like that. Like Elliot Gould just decided to be, he's going to, he's going to be the ultimate Jewish Jew possible.
1: Yeah.
0: With all his like Jewish necklaces and like everything else. Um, (laughs) Like just things like that. The, that the actors obviously made a choice and is like, look, I'm not going to get nearly as much camera time on this film. And I think Steven Soderbergh is like, I'm, you're not going to get a lot of as much camera time as you would normally get. So what I want you to do is make the strongest choices possible. I want you to decide. I want your character at eleven at all times, hmm. like eleven out of ten. You know what I mean? Just give me everything your character is at all yeah. times. Yeah. And I will make it work from there. Like the, the uh, fucking Scott Con and Casey Affleck as those guys. Oh my just God. every time they were in a scene, they like they were obviously like just playing an improv scene. I'm not every touching scene you. That they were I'm in. not
1: touching you though.
0: I'm not touching you though. I'm not t- like
1: my balloons. <laughs> He's um, a balloon cool. boy. <laughs>
0: like so, I just absolute fantastic choices by the casting and then by the cast themselves. Yeah, that's that's what makes this film.
1: That's that's what makes it such an ensemble cast of like big time actors. They are putting their big time acting experiences out there.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Phenomenal. But. What about the fucking romance?
0: I mean, we talked about the romance. We talked about the scene.
1: But is it believable?
0: Yes. Is it? This guy literally uh, like the way he grabs and holds onto his ring in minute three of the film.
1: Yeah. I don't know why I'm even asking. Yeah.
0: To the fact that she's in that old hoopty with Dude, Rusty.
1: The fucking smolders she gives him. they He gives her in that restaurant in that scene. They're not even saying fucking words to each other she waits for him the
0: second time he goes to jail yeah three six months parole. yeah
1: yeah what a fucking dick move by benedict like yeah, petty yeah. ass god uh call the police i'm sure he's in in, in violation of uh, his violation of his i parole. feel
0: like but i feel like that was an i that was a part of the idea i feel like danny was like i could do that standing on my head right and then when i come out i'm gonna have that money
1: Right. I'm going to have,
0: and I'll have Tess back. She'll stay with me this if time. If
1: that's time. the trade off in order to have this money and have my wife back. Yeah.
0: And then on top of that, I'm not considered to be a part of this heist just in case it does go tits up. Right. But alas, in if it's 12, Terry finds out. And, Cat. yeah. And then we're. That movie sucks. I, I don't even know what happens in Twelve. That movie honestly. sucks. I saw it once, Nobody does. It like sucks. <laughs> but then Ocean's Thirteen comes Fucking back. Phenomenal. <laughs> I I mix up Thirteen and Eleven sometimes.
1: I I legitimately do too. I, I, I was like,
0: we were watching this and I'm like,
1: oh right, yeah. that happens in Thirteen.
0: I was watching Thirteen like I was like, yeah, wait, wait. Does Dodge Heedle go? Do they steal the? Big pinch in this one, or do they steal it in thirteen? Dude, I thought they were gonna do and the channel like, in
1: this one. Yeah, I and like, I was
0: like, are, and then are they digging underneath to like create yeah. like, this one? The, and then it was like, oh no, that's thirteen. That's thirteen. Yeah, yep. because like, because thirteen basically was like, that's where the stars were even more so starry that like Don Cheadle like probably didn't even have like time on his calendar to be with everyone else. So they're just like, uh all right, we're going to send you underground and you're going to create an earthquake. So we're going to have you film all your scenes basically by yourself or with Casey Affleck. It's got God uh, for two or three days. Is that why? I'm sure that's like, that's when you have an ensemble cast like this, sometimes when schedules don't work and you notice a lot of solo scenes, that's why.
1: Oh my God. I never even thought about that. That makes a lot of
0: sense. Shit. Yeah, so it's just like well, we're, we got to get you in this film, but we understand that if you can't make like the these filming dates, so we'll work with you by doing this.
1: You want broke, blind, or bed? <laughs> uh, how about all three? Right. Um,
0: so, I mean, we don't have to worry about what happens after, after, after because they know. gave us more films. Um, they
1: steal more shit.
0: As far as the first kiss of the film, it's the last moment of the film. The kiss in the back of the car.
1: Yeah. That's a. I don't know. The context is fine. The lighting, everything's fine, I guess. It's not that romantic, but it is romantic. It's
0: it's the worst part of the romance performed by Soderbergh.
1: Yeah. I'd honestly say it's like. As a director. I'd say it's like a C.
0: I'd give it a C plus. Okay. Um, I I just the dialogue still was snappy and the way he puts his arm around her in the back yes. seat. It's just that also kind of like then you think to yourselves like they're in their thirties, so they remember being a kid, see, and like, or right. even probably being right. a teenager in cars that old where there were like back seats with no seatbelts and you like he's nestled up against mm-hmm. someone so like they remember that kind of that vibe and so it's just like to see them in that vibe like with the arm around her and mm-hmm. giving a kiss like like kind of nostalgic loving form that's why I give it a C plus at the same time you know it it's nothing like yeah yeah special like the way that it's designed
1: and the kiss itself is like meh you know yeah. it's like it's not meh. it's just a kiss it's a really it's like a it's like an elongated peck
0: you must remember this a kiss is just a kiss <laughs> a sigh is just a sigh Ooh. the Ooh. fundamental things no, that was not incredible keep like, going when time goes, or as time goes by, <laughs> as he sings into his pen. Um So. <laughs> thank, you for uh,
1: Bravo. Yes. Bravo. thank you. Bravo. Bravo.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. All right. Um, I guess there's nothing left to do, but to give this film a verdict.
1: Let's do it. What do you think? I want to hear you. I marry the film.
0: I, I love this film. I've I mean, seen it multiple times. I'm gonna continue to watch this film. It's come, a Mary.
1: Come the fuck on! Like I will. I love this movie. I will always love this movie. I hope. If not, then you know I gotta trust something went wrong, or right. Exactly.
0: But then we gotta we gotta go back to the drawing board and see what happened.
1: Yeah, we. Got, it's time to do a new heist movie at that point. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the romance. Like I, I guess the romance itself, obviously from a rom com perspective, could be more but what we do get what we do get god damn it oh my god is actually pretty pretty convincing
0: i mean yeah it's just as i mentioned earlier it's it's you know they don't have a lot of time so they also they they tell us they turned it up to 11. they tell us
1: very little about the couple too at least in dialogue like they instantly we know that they used to be married he's who she's dating their background, all the essential shit that we need to know. And we, the rest we find out just in their fucking smoldering acting jobs. Mm -hmm. Mary easy, Mary.
0: Yeah. So uh, you can find our socials. The show's Instagram is at romancing the stone podcast. All one word together. Romancing the stone podcast. I can find on Twitter at Brotherstone Pod, and that's B-R-O-T-H-E-S-T-O-N-E-P-O-D. And you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super, so that's S-U-P-R Market Sweep. And you can find me on Instagram at relusa 80 and that's R-E-L-U-S-A-A-A. and then Max.
1: On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D.
0: Yes, indeed. And now, Max, it is your choice for next week's film.
1: So, next week we're going to go even older. Actually, fuck. I should probably look up the date before I make a claim like that. But, (laughs) uh, regardless, it's an old teen rom-com. Okay. With a few people that we haven't seen before and a few people we have. Win a date with tad hamilton
0: interesting
1: and it's not older actually it's 2004 so my bad
0: okay and, you know what's interesting about this film is that this film i remember uh a certain someone suggesting this film
1: yep yeah. to us yep i had to i had to she pulled the fucking she pulled the new year card and the girlfriend card and was like if you need to choose a movie, I've got one for you. I'm like fine, what is it? <laughs> no, I don't want to do that one. Well, it's the new year. When else are you gonna do it? Fuck. Good point.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Gabby. So yeah, let's do it. So we'll, do it. it's so uh, it's win a ta- or win a <laughs> win a date with Tad. Fucking hell. No, you with got it with Tad Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> like with, date, I, with,
1: with an exclamation point. Don't forget that. Yes. With course. the exclamation point.
0: Um, with Tad Hamilton. It, like That's that I, uh, I hopefully will be a little more sober the next time I am saying that. Just
1: be sober uh, enough to discuss uh, Jennifer Goodwin.
0: Of course. Jennifer Goodwin. <laughs> uh, and, Kate Bosworth,
1: who we right haven't seen yet,
0: and Topher Grace and Josh Duhamel,
1: mm-hmm. Nathan Lane, Sean Hayes.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. So there's a uh, obviously some gay characters in the film.
1: Oh yeah, probably, huh?
0: Or actually, excuse me, some very butch characters. <laughs> <laughs> probably some cowboys, just you know, just going around and doing cowboy things.
1: I would enjoy it if that were the case. That would be fucking hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, just fucking Sean Hayes and Nathan Lane just trying to be the most butch dudes possible. <laughs> that, oh my I, god. I don't know what film that is, but that, that's a film that seems like it'd be funny for bits, but that would be overall. Probably
1: not. DC overall, for very long.
0: You, you get kind of tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be good at sometimes. <laughs> um all right. Anyway. Until then, t- t- to the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. And we thank you for listening. And we will catch you next week.
1: Love you guys.